0: Welcome once again to another episode of the Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. So glad to be here on this Thursday. Just a reminder that you are listening to us on WQEE 99.1 FM, the key out of Noonan. We are brought to you by Ivy Park Sports Bar Grill, Christie's Cafe, the Man of the Mirror podcast, and Local Grounds Coffee Company. This is episode 513. It is December the 1st. And I am excited to be here on WQEE. Now, from 2 to 3, I am followed after Rod Peterson. And right before, Braves Country Baseball with Mac McGee and the Armchair Quarterbacks. Such a great time slot. And I am honored to be part of the WQEE jam-packed sports lineup. We have got a great show because back on the show is Tanya Chavez, soccer expert. We're going to talk everything World Cup, but we do have a jam-packed show because I want to get into the college football playoff format. The new rankings came out on Tuesday, but the news broke yesterday that it is official in 2024. We will have a 12-team playoff. I will get into that. The Atlanta Hawks bounce back and they get a win over the Magic. And Georgia basketball is about to equal their win total from last year. I'm so excited because I love Georgia basketball. Let's get this show started. The playoff format, it's official. We will go to 12 teams in 2024. So what's going to happen is that weekend after the Army-Navy game will be the first round playoff. So one through four would get a bye. So the seeds, 5 through 12, would all play each other in the first round. And it would be hosted at the team with the lowest seed they would host the game. So that would be that weekend where they normally have like the Cure Bowl and the Bahamas Bowl. So we're going to get some exciting first-round matchups in the playoffs. And then the semifinal games will have all the New Year's Six Bowls. You got six of them. You'll have four games. And then they'll rotate every year for the semifinals and then the national championship. We're looking at about mid-January when this national championship will wrap up. The real winners are the fans. Look, I know that it waters down the product. And now your powerhouses are going to get a chance every year. Like the Alabamas, the Clemsons, the Ohio States of the world will always be in this thing. It also gives these schools that are hot, like South Carolina, a chance to see what they're made of, or these smaller non-Power 5 schools like Tulane could get into this thing. Because you're going to have automatic qualifiers. If you win your conference, you're going to get into this playoff. But it won't happen for another two years. They had to finalize the Rose Bowl, making sure that they are good to go. And then uh, we will go ahead and have a 12-team playoff in 2024. Now let's talk about the playoff rankings that came out on Tuesday. I have some thoughts and opinions about the new rankings because right now, if it is chalk, if all the teams that are favorite win this weekend, you're going to have Georgia taking on USC and Michigan taking on TCU. But I was going back and forth with these playoff scenarios because what's important is the teams that are ranked five through seven you got Ohio State ranked 5, Alabama ranked 6, and Tennessee ranked 7. I'm still wondering why Alabama was ranked ahead of Tennessee when Tennessee beat them head-to-head. But I think that the voting committee is factoring in the injury to Hendon Hooker. I agree with Ohio State over Alabama because they only have one loss. The committee values one loss compared to two losses. You saw what happened in 2017. A Big Ten champion, Ohio State, was left out of the college football playoff, and a one-loss non-conference champion, Alabama, was in. So the committee is going to value those. I do feel if you get blown out at home, you should get penalized, but not penalized to the point where you're completely dropped off the face of the earth. Yes, Ohio State was embarrassed on their home field against Michigan, But they had a great season all year, and they only have one loss. So let's say USC loses to Utah because they play Friday night in the Pac-12 championship. USC loses to Utah. Ohio State is going to get in, and you're going to have Georgia versus Ohio State and Michigan versus TCU. Now, the talks about TCU. Let's say they play a very close game against Kansas State because, remember, Kansas State is ranked 10th. They are a very good team. They were up big on TCU in the regular season, and the Horn Frogs came back and won the game 38-28. to Let's say that happens. Let's say that Kansas State beats TCU. If it's a blowout, I think TCU is not going to be in the college football playoff. Then you're going to have a scenario that Ohio State and Alabama gets into the college football playoff if TCU and USC loses. That would be considered chaos. I know we're not all rooting for chaos, But then you have semifinal matchups between Georgia and Alabama and Michigan and Ohio State. Does the voting committee put Michigan number one so they could avoid that? I don't know. But I think if TCU loses a close game to Kansas State, I still feel TCU is going to get into this thing, even with one loss, because you have a one-loss team that lost a close game compared to an Ohio State team that lost big. So even though TCU really hasn't played a tough schedule, they're still in a Power 5 conference. They still would only have one loss. But TCU knows they got to win the Big 12 championship to get into the college football playoff, and I believe they're going to do that on Saturday. And what about Tennessee? I honestly feel that Tennessee should not be ranked behind Alabama, but the voting committee believes that with the injury to Hendon Hooker, Tennessee is not better than Alabama. They do factor in if the two teams played on a neutral field, who would win. Alabama's two losses, I'll give you that, were on last-second plays in a hostile environment on the road, and they were leading when the clock expired. But we'll find out next week. They'll have the final uh, college football rankings, and then we'll have all the bowl games. So you don't want to miss it. I'm excited about the shows next week. Going to have my broadcast partner and co-host Corey Bank on on Friday. We're going to make some football picks in the National Football League tonight. You got the Buffalo Bills taking on the New England Patriots. Should be a great game. Buffalo, one of those teams in the AFC, very good. And they just slipped up a little bit. Congratulations to the Thompson Warriors in the 7A state championship game against the Auburn Tigers. Thompson was able to win 49-24. to And the Thompson Warriors have won four straight state titles for the state of Alabama. You know, they had an eighth grader at quarterback, and he threw five touchdown passes. He's not going anywhere. And I think the Thompson Warriors will continue to dominate 7A as long as they have him at quarterback. And when you're talking about dynasties in high school football, Thompson is at the top of the list. So congratulations to the Warriors. And uh, we shall see them probably every year in the state championship. And really the competition is still great in 7A. Thompson started 0-2. They lost three games in the regular season. And yet they were able to overcome that and beat Hoover on the road, and then beat Auburn in the state championship, and congratulations. All right, all the local teams. I just want to talk about LaGrange College got a very impressive road victory over Birmingham Southern. You got the Columbus State Cougars men's basketball team that got a impressive road victory over Lenore Rhine. And then the Columbus State Lady Cougars tonight at 11 p.m. in Seattle, Washington, will take on Western Washington in the Final Four. I will try to stay up and watch this game. I am so impressed with what Columbus State has done on the pitch. And good luck to the Lady Cougars. NBA last night, I know it was early, but we do have some NBA to talk about. The Atlanta Hawks looking pretty good. They got the road victory over the Orlando Magic, and they snap A three game losing streak. They defeated the Magic 125 to 108. Unfortunately, John Collins and DeAndre Hunter left the game with an injury. Hawks are 12 and 10. They're not where I thought they would be, but they know that they have got to play together. And they didn't just bring DeJounte Murray over here to exit out of the first round of the playoffs. The Hawks are going to play the Denver Nuggets this Friday. They do have some tough games, including against the Brooklyn Nets. But I look at their schedule, and I see a lot of winnable games. And then including December the 30th at State Farm Arena, they're taking on the Lakers, which all of a sudden, I don't know what happened with the Lakers, but they are trying to figure this thing out. I still think they're beating bad teams. They defeated the Trailblazers at home 128-109 to without Damian Lillard. But it's been the LeBron and AD show. LeBron scores 31. Anthony Davis scored 27. But that's not going to get it done against elite teams in the West. I think that the Phoenix Suns could get out of the Western Conference and represent the West in the NBA Finals because the Phoenix Suns, Devin Booker, scoring 51 points over the Chicago Bulls. The Phoenix Suns are 15-6. and six. So I want to make an early NBA Finals prediction. It's going to be the Suns and the Celtics. It's going to be a rematch of the 1976 NBA Finals. And I believe that even with all the turmoil that the Suns have with their owner, Sarver, and and everything, they are going to overcome that because the Celtics have some turmoil as well. I'm Udoka suspended for the entire season. The Boston Celtics return to the NBA Finals. and They lose to the Phoenix Suns. You'll have the Phoenix Suns winning their first ever NBA title. Remember, Chris Paul... Still a great player, despite what you want to say about the exit in the playoffs last year and them not getting it done, not closing out games, because that's always been Chris Paul's reputation, is not being able to close out games. The Suns are better. I mean, they have DeAndre Ayton. He decided to stay. Devin Booker is just getting better. Chris Paul, great player. You got a team that is hungry and willing to play hard, physical, style of basketball which will get them out of the Western Conference which it is a stacked Western Conference. I mean, Luka's in Dallas. Golden State is just going to continue to get better. Sacramento is 11 and 9. I think Sacramento is going to make the playoffs. You got the Memphis Grizzlies, the Clippers, New Orleans. Wow, 13 and 8. Looks like Zion Williamson is playing very well with Brandon Ingram. I think that the Western Conference is so stacked I don't think the Lakers are going to make the playoffs. Not even the play-in game. College basketball last night. We did have the Big Ten ACC Challenge. I just love college basketball. I love what the Georgia Bulldogs are doing as a basketball team. They looked impressive. They defeated Hampton 73-54. And the Georgia Bulldogs have equaled their win total from last year. They are 6-2. and two. Head coach Mike White is doing an outstanding job for the Georgia Bulldogs as Braylon Bridges, the talented center, 21 points and 16 rebounds. The Georgia Bulldogs will take on Florida A&M this Friday. And then next Tuesday on ESPN2, they travel to McQuitty Gymnasium to take on their longtime hated rival, the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets, which the Yellow Jackets 4-3 and three after losing to Iowa in the Big Ten ACC Challenge. And you also have, here's some of the top 25 teams going on right now. Top 25 action last night, Duke beating Ohio State 81-72, to and Indiana beating North Carolina. You know, North Carolina was ranked number one, and they have lost three games this week. In Indiana, ranked 10th. They jumped up in the rankings 7-0. I believe the Indiana Hoosiers are back. And then Purdue beating Florida State. You know, Purdue's ranked 5. They are a dark horse to make it to the Final Four. Remember, they had Jaden Ivey last year. They have Zach Eady, who scored 25 points. And the Purdue Boilermakers looking very impressive this season. Right now, Houston is ranked number 1. The Houston Cougars, not since Phi Slamma Jamma back in 1983 that the Houston Cougars have been ranked number one. The Columbus River Dragons in action this weekend. Two games at the Columbus Civic Center taking on the Danbury Hattricks. The Columbus River Dragons with a 10-game win streak. They are 12-1. and They have the best record in the Federal Prospects Hockey League. It's always a great time to go to a River Dragons game. Don't forget that I'm going to have a part of my show tomorrow is going to be previewing these high school football semifinals in Georgia and previewing these championship games in Alabama. And I'm also going to include high school basketball. So on Fridays, I'm going to have a high school basketball show. We've got some coaching news. Georgia Tech looks like they are going to – take off the interim tag on Brent Key, and they are going to give him the full-time gig. So what that means is that Georgia Tech has their coach, and I think this is the right hire. I know that I jumped the gun a little early talking about Willie Fritz getting the job. Looks like he's going to be staying put at Tulane. So excited about that for the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets, I believe that the expectations is about seven, eight wins in a bowl game. I think they could get there. They got there just about every year with Paul Johnson. I just think that the fan base at Georgia Tech was getting tired of the triple option. It worked sometimes. You know, Georgia Tech, at at times, were unstoppable. It's just that their defense could not get stops. I remember their defense you know, went through some turmoil and some changes with Al Groh as their defensive coordinator, and we'll, we'll see how it goes. I, I think that Georgia Tech could compete in the ACC, especially in the ACC Coastal where it's been down, but you know that Miami's going to be better with Mario Cristobal. North Carolina, which is representing the ACC Coastal, they're going to be great with Mack Brown. And then Pitt had a down year. They're going to be up and up. But I'm very concerned about Virginia Tech. I think that Virginia Tech used to be a powerhouse in the ACC Coastal. They've been down a couple of years. But uh, we shall see how it goes. I I actually think that it is about time to bring on my guest here on the show. She played midfield for the New Mexico Lightning, which is an indoor soccer team in New Mexico. Now is playing over in Austin uh, trying to get into – indoor soccer, and a veteran soccer player with a lot of soccer knowledge. So I'm excited to have Tanya Chavez on the show and we are going to talk everything World Cup. The United States is taking on the Netherlands this Saturday and I believe they are going to win. I honestly feel that they are going to win and they will get out of the round of 16 and make it to the quarterfinals for the first time since 2002. But unfortunately, I think they fall to Argentina. I mean, this is An easy path. Uh, They're not playing in Brazil. They're not playing Germany. They're not playing Argentina in, in the round of 16. So they actually caught a break. This is kind of the same scenario that I saw back in 2014 when they were playing Belgium. Hopefully, Matt Turner is not making 15 saves like Tim Howard did. All right, we'll be back with Tanya. Yeah! Stick around. And we are back on the show, and I have got... a a longtime guest of mine. And what better way than to get Tanya Chavez back on the show when we are right in World Cup play. Tanya, what's going on?
1: Oh, hey, nothing much. You know, I've been really enjoying the games I've been able to catch. And um, I'm looking forward to the round of 16 because that's when it's going to get down and dirty.
0: I love the World Cup, especially when it's happening right during this time. I mean, it's going head-to-head with football. But still, it's exciting. I know the soccer fans love it. I'm a sports fan. I was actually captivated. I'm not just watching the United States. I actually sat there today and watched Mexico taking on um, Saudi Arabia. Uh, Unfortunately, Mexico does not get out of the group, but the United States does. It was a very compelling match against Iran. And I know that we wanted to get another goal. But what Christian Pulisic did, scoring that goal in the 38th minute, and now he says he's going to play for the game against the Netherlands on Saturday. But what was going through your mind? Did you feel like the United States had to get another goal? And did you think it was going to be that tight going into extra time with a one nothing lead and Iran was pressing yeah.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I think the, the, we needed another goal just to seal the victory, to get the pressure off of our defense and off of the other players. Um, I mean, Iran was playing for their lives. All they needed was a tie, and that's why they were pressing so much. And I felt like we played more defense in the second half, but those nine minutes were just everlasting. Um, it was a nail-biter. I enjoyed that game. That game was great from the beginning to the end. Uh, I mean, as far as Pulisic, that was an unfortunate hit he took. I I hope he's able to play Saturday, but I'm not sure. I mean, I I haven't heard anything on his behalf, uh, any updates. I'm not sure how he's doing.
0: Also, Josh Sargent got injured in that game as well. Mm -hmm. If if the United States is losing both of their strikers, I mean, where are the goals going to come from? The one thing they do and they do well is. They play defense, and they have such a great back line, especially with the captain, Tyler Adams. How valuable has Tyler Adams been out in midfield for the United States?
1: Oh, I totally agree. Tyler has been extremely dominant on both the offensive end, but especially on that defensive end. I mean, he's hustling. He gets back. He's, you know, controlling the, the midfield. He's even helping the U.S., like, man mark tell him where to go i mean he's been a true captain he's his characters it's it's so good i mean that press conference he had a couple days ago um i think he handled that well i'm actually kind of impressed with tyler i didn't expect that from him but um i think he's been the the man of the team so far for the united states in this tournament
0: the good thing about the united states defense is that their goalkeeper matt turner does not have to work as hard He has come up with some tremendous saves, but I'll tell you what Zimmerman bailed him out when that ball trickled through his legs. We get ready to take on the Netherlands. I don't know if you remember the last time the United States was in the world cup in the round of 16, 2014. I remember we had a watch party at work. They were playing Belgium and Tim Howard had 15 saves Mm -hmm. in that game. Belgium was such a great team. The Netherlands, Kind of the similar team. The Netherlands is a beatable team. The United States can beat the Netherlands and get to the quarterfinals, which they have not made since uh, since 2002.
1: Yeah, um, I do remember that game. Um, I mean, Tim Howard's a beast. But I think, you know, the United States do produce very good goalkeeping. And, um, I mean, like you're right, I agree. Matt Turner hasn't really had to do a whole lot because our defense is super strong. And I, I actually, you know, I believe that the United States can get past the Netherlands, but we need goals being scored. We need to score goals. And earlier you mentioned where's our strikers going to come if Sargent and Pulisic are injured. Um, I really like Brendan Aronson. Uh, I would like to see him start a game. I think he brings a lot of energy. We haven't really seen much of Gio Reyna. So, I, I mean, where does Berhofter go? I, I feel like he has people he can put in the game. We just haven't seen a lot of those guys come in.
0: I've been impressed with Sargino Dest. He got the assist on the Pelusa goal. Uh, Jonas Musa has been just incredible. Uh, but the veteran play of Tim Reem, I mean, this group is very young. The average age is 24 years old. So you know this team is going to be together in 2026. We know that they're going to be a lot more stronger in 2026 with a lot more experience. Tanya, right now we're playing with house money. I mean, I'm excited about the match. I'm going to get up Saturday morning and watch us taking on the Dutch. And hopefully we can advance. I believe we have the capability of advancing. I actually uh, predicted that it was going to be a scoreless tie that goes into penalty kicks because I feel that's how strong the United States defense is that they're not going to allow any goals so far. They have not allowed any free goals. I mean, that one goal was off a penalty kick, Gareth Bale and Zimmerman in the box with the foul, and that is it. I mean, they had England a 0-0 tie, and then they held Iran scoreless. I mean, so that's the first time in World Cup history, I think since 1930, the inaugural World Cup where the United States finished third. It was the first time since 1930 the United States had back-to-back shutouts in group play.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I, we haven't had a defense like this with the United States in, like you said, in years. And I, I like like you said, I like Dest as well. I even like Anthony Robinson on that other side. And then the I mean the subs on the bench, we have Yedlin who has the World Cup experience. Yes. More came in. I mean that whole defense. I mean, even yesterday, Carter's victors, I I haven't seen much of him, but I, I liked how he played alongside Ream yesterday. So um I have trust in our defense. I I mean it's just the scoring, you know, I want to see more goals. And uh, I, I can't wait till Saturday. I, I'm with you. I'm going to get up. It's uh, 8 o'clock start time for me.
0: Oh, yeah, that's right, because so, you're yeah, on Mountain watching, Time. Yeah.
1: yeah, but I'm going to get up and watch that. I, I don't work, so I'm excited.
0: One thing I wish, I wish that West and McKinney could play the, the entire 90 minutes because they usually sub him out. He he really only has the legs to go 60 minutes, and then he gets subbed out.
1: Yeah, and that, I mean, that's because he's coming back from that, that thigh injury that he had. Um, so he's trying to get his, he's trying to get back to the form. And if that didn't happen, I think he'd be playing the whole game, just like Adams and Pulisic. Um, maybe as the tournament goes on, if the U.S. can continue going, um, maybe he'll get more minutes in. But yeah, he's strong too. That mid, that midfield we have is really good. I yeah, I've been enjoying the U.S. team. Um, you know, it, like you said, we're young, we're energetic, and it's it's been fun to watch.
0: Let's talk about the rest of this World Cup, because you have a couple of teams that have gotten out of the group and they lost their first game. And that's tough to do. Argentina loses to Saudi Arabia in the first game of group stage and they advance. Senegal lost to the Netherlands and they were able to advance. And then tomorrow you have a very intriguing matchup. And I'm actually looking forward to watching these games because you have Costa Rica taking on Germany. And then you have Japan taking on Spain. Germany got stunned by Japan to start group play, but then they bounced back. And Germany did get the tie against Spain. Spain had a 7-0 victory over Costa Rica. And you just have all these teams. I'm looking at the group play for Group E, where Spain is leading the group with four points. You got Japan and Costa Rica with three, and Germany with one. I like the idea that they have all these teams play at the same time because they have that little icon in the upper left-hand corner that shows the goal differential to see who could possibly move on in the group. And Germany has to win. I mean, it's it's a no-brainer. Germany has to win, but also if, let's say, Japan ties Spain. Because I think that Japan is capable of tying Spain it goes to goal differential right now Japan would have zero and Germany is at minus one. So, I mean, you gotta something that, you gotta factor that in. You remember Germany did not advance in the group in 2018. I mean, that's something to think about.
1: Yeah. um, I was about to mention that um, it would be so odd if Germany didn't get out again. And right now they're sitting last place. That that's the group of death. Um, I'm, I can't wait for tomorrow too. That's going to be an interesting scenario. I, I mean, all those teams are are live. Um, I mean, I, I kind of think Spain might win the group, but you never know, cause I mean, Japan is incredible. Uh I I, I mean, uh, I wish I had watched that Japan and Germany game. I I didn't get a chance to see that, but uh, I just I I don't know what's going to happen. I I just I cannot see Germany not making it out again. But I mean, it can happen. And right now, my prediction, I think it's going to be Spain and Japan going on.
0: Very interesting prediction. That same day, you got Canada, Morocco, and then Croatia and Belgium. I was kind of pulling for Canada, Tanya. When Alfonso Davies scored that first goal against Croatia, I was really rooting for Canada. I know they lost to Belgium in that first game, and they have a tough group. I think they're going to beat Morocco, but it really doesn't matter. They've already been eliminated, and Mm -hmm. the two teams are going to move on are Croatia and Belgium. But you look at Friday, you got Cameroon and Brazil. I mean, Brazil without Myanmar beating Switzerland, which I think that's the team that's going to get out of the group there. And then you got Serbia taking on Switzerland. So, you know, the round of 16, we we got the Netherlands taking on the United States. Saturday morning, you got Argentina taking on Australia. Australia has been a surprise getting out of the group. France taking on Poland and then England taking on Senegal. But get this, so if the United States was able to get out of the round of 16, and make it to the quarterfinals, they could be playing the winner of Argentina-Australia. More than likely, it's going to be Argentina. I think Argentina is on a roll. They're going to try to win a World Cup for Lionel Messi because this is going to be his final World Cup. I think that the teams like Argentina and Portugal and Brazil is always a favorite. I think that these are the favorites that are going to win the World Cup. And I actually, in the beginning of this World Cup, I picked the Netherlands to be a dark horse to win the world cup. So, you know, I, i kind of, I kind of feel like, you know, I, even though I picked them, I still think the United States can win because they got nothing to lose. They're a young mm-hmm. team with swagger and, and they're able to, to go toe to toe with the best teams in the world. I mean, they played the game of their lives against England. And I think that England is one of the top teams in this world cup. And if they're able to get a zero zero tie with England, um, they're capable of beating anybody
1: yeah I agree I mean right now you know the under, uh, excuse me the United States are considered like an underdog team so yeah I mean they have nothing to lose as you said and um I really want to see them get past the Netherlands and it'd be a great match to see them play Argentina I do agree I think Argentina is going to keep going I think they got their momentum I think that first game losing that first game was a little bit of a shock and it woke them up a little bit and um I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of rooting for Argentina a little bit because, you know, I really enjoy watching Messi. And as you said, it is going to be his last World Cup. So it'd be nice to see him have a world championship alongside that Copa America he won last year. Um, So, yeah, I mean, I'm looking forward to all that as well. Um, I mean, Brazil is always a favorite. I mean, that, that ankle injury Neymar took, it looked really bad. And me, I'm very keen on ankle injuries. I get them all the time. Uh, I don't know if he... I don't know if he'll come back from that. They think he's going to come back in the round of 16, but those aren't easy to come back from. I mean, that was pretty, it was a pretty swollen ankle.
0: And I was sad to see Mexico not advance out of the group. Uh, Their manager, Tata Martino, has stepped down as the manager of Mexico. I remember him because he led Atlanta United to their first ever MLS Cup in 2018. And then he went on to be the manager of Mexico. Tanya I just I love the World Cup. I started paying attention to it back in 1990 when the United States qualified for the World Cup for the first time since 1950. I mean, it's been decades. And then we just are we were just used to the United States qualifying and then in 2018, the unthinkable happened where they did not qualify for the World Cup. You remember where you were when they lost to Trinidad and Tobago two to one on a high school field? with maybe 2,000 fans in attendance?
1: Yep. Um, I was actually playing in the game, and I remember every time I had the chance if I got subbed off for halftime, I was looking at my phone to see the score. I was in absolute shock
0: Yes, when so that I.
1: happened. I mean, I, like you said, high school failed um, in Trinidad, Tobago, you know, not in the United States, but I just thought they would do it. I thought they were going to be able to come out of that, and it was heartbreaking. I really – I enjoy the World Cup. I watched it in 2018, but it, it there's something missing and it was the United States not being a part of it. It was an empty space for me. Um I am enjoying it much more now that the United States are in it this year and that they're playing pretty well, you know. We I still believe they got a chance on Saturday and um I just it's just awesome.
0: Well, this is the third World Cup they've been in in a row where they have gotten out of the group uh four out of the last five. Uh, 2006, they were ranked in the top 10 in FIFA and they failed to get out of the group because they lost to Ghana. It seemed like Ghana was a thorn in their side because they lost to them in the round of 16 in 2010. Uh, -hmm. but I think that this team can get back to what they did in 2002. They make it all the way to the quarterfinals. They unfortunately lost to Germany on a penalty kick, but they were able to beat Mexico Uh, and really. They really had a showing beat Portugal. Although can, can we beat a team without the other team having an own goal? I mean, we saw that with Colombia back in 1994, Portugal got an own goal in 2022 or 20, 2002. I mean, and then in 2014, remember uh, the United States was able to beat Ghana in, in the group. And then Cristiano Ronaldo with a huge pass to tie it right in. We thought the United States was going to go up uh, two wins in the group. And then they lost to Germany, uh, one nothing based on the goal differential with uh, Portugal and Ghana. So uh, I love the United States and I think that they're going to do well. And it's one of those moments, every world cup I remember exactly where I was because 1994, the United States hosted. Uh, I remember mm-hmm. that game against Brazil, Bebeto, scored the goal one, nothing. The United States had their chances. Uh, They played at Stanford stadium about 30 minutes from where I lived, you know, and then 1998, they, they could not get out of the group. And then, you know, we remember 2006, them not getting out of the group, you know, tying Italy, Italy won it in 2006, but Italy also own goal in that game. It starts to become a pattern.
1: (laughs) Yeah, no, yeah. Those own goals, they, they kind of stink, but it's kind of odd and, yeah, I mean, I've always watched the World Cup since 94. Nothing before that. Um, I, mean, I, was, I mean, I'm about your age, but I just remember just uh, 1994 we hosted it. I was super excited for that. Um, my best World Cup I, I love watching was 2002. That group was awesome. Yes. Amazing. The entire team. I mean, Donovan, Beasley, those guys are my age. Um, just, you know, young books, watching them score and make things happen. Um, it's Brian awesome. Brian McBride. I mean, yeah, Ernie Stewart, all those those guys. Yeah, Tony Sunny. Yeah, that was that was the team. I think that was the United States best World Cup team, the two thousand two team.
0: Well, um, I could go further back because I remember Eric Winalda. I remember Lexi Lawless, that that ninety four team. I mean, they had a little bit of a swagger too. You know, Lexi Lawless had the long hair,
1: mm-hmm. and
0: he he was all he was very patriotic. I mean, you know, he, now he's a commentator. You know, he cut his hair off, but you know it. I remember all those players too.
1: Yeah, me too, Tony Miola. Yeah, I mean Lexi, you oh
0: great him. goalkeeper.
1: Yeah, he was. He was awesome. Yeah, I remember all those guys. I mean, yeah, Lexi, that was easy. I mean, had that long red hair, his goatee. Um, I mean Ronaldo. Yeah, that he played at I think San Jose Earthquakes in MLS. But yeah, I mean those guys. The '94 team is they have a. You know, I, I remember those guys, too. I mean, they're the first ones I ever watched. Um, They came here to Albuquerque. I did a pre-World Cup match against Chile, I think, if I remember right. Uh, My dad took us to that. But, um, I, yeah, these, these games, I mean, you know, I, I mean, it's changed since then. The World Cup has changed since then. I mean, the, the dynamics, everything about it's different. And, I mean, you know, we talk about Messi and Ronaldo. We may not have them in the next World Cup, but, I mean, we still got some superstars. I mean, Neymar and Mbappe from France. I mean, Pulisic from the United States. Harry Kane. Yeah, Harry Kane will probably be around. Raheem Sterling from England. That England team's stacked. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I I that that tie we did with them the other day, I mean, that, that was awesome, too. I mean, that, you know.
0: 15 million people watched that on fox mm-hmm. you got to remember this was black friday everybody yeah. you enjoying their thanksgiving break you know you had what was great was you had world cup all day on thanksgiving and mm-hmm. uh me and and my uh my nephew-in-law who's a big brazil fan we were down in the basement like at 11 o'clock in the morning watching world cup games before football was going to come on and don't get me wrong tanya i mean I love soccer, but you know it's it's not my first love. I mean, it's going to take a backseat to college football. I mean, on Saturday I was watching the Iron Bowl. I was watching Michigan and Ohio State. But I'm glad that these World Cup games are done by four. I mean, it. it did you yeah. did you catch yourself like getting up at well? You're on Mountain Time, so you you know these games are starting at what three o'clock in the morning for you?
1: Yeah, the first game is at three, and then six, nine, and twelve. My local time, so I mean, I got the nine o'clock and the twelve noon game, uh, and then I mean the you know the Lions game was on at the same time, so it was like switching back and forth a little bit, and then the Cowboys game came on right after Brazil on Thanksgiving Day. So I mean, you don't I don't think we'll ever have soccer, the World Cup, in a way, during Thanksgiving. I, I I had a great time watching soccer and football all day. I mean, you know, you go to the Cowboys game and then you got the Vikings game in the evening. So. Um, I'm with you though. Yeah. I mean, it's perfect, you know, got the morning soccer and then you got football the rest of the day. Same thing on Saturday. So I didn't catch any college football on Saturday, but um, same thing on Saturday. I caught the world cup games and yeah, I mean, it's a nice change, you know, nice change this year.
0: Yes. Uh, this is just incredible. If you're a sports fan, I don't think we'll ever get an opportunity like this to have the world cup in November because I don't think it'll ever be at a country where it's 120 degrees in the summer. So this is a special treat.
1: Yeah. I, I don't, I mean, I don't imagine them doing another middle Eastern world cup. Uh, I mean, the next time it's going to be here in Mexico and Canada. So it'd be in the summer. Um, maybe we can get to go some games. I'm trying to save money, to get, maybe go to Denver or Houston. That's the most closest venues for me.
0: Oh, yeah, you got to. Yeah. And, and luckily for me, uh, Atlanta is one of the places. That's yeah, gonna I saw that. yeah. Yeah. Because I remember yeah, when I was a kid, uh, when Brazil played at Stanford Stadium, I remember so many, so many Brazil fans just everywhere. I mean, it, it's like bigger than the Super Bowl, It it's bigger than the Olympics. I mean, when it comes to like these countries and and, and world cup I mean they take it seriously. I mean, this is, this is their sport. I mean, we have other sports in our country, like football, baseball, basketball, but imagine like, like if we want to get as good as them, I mean, I heard this on the radio that we really need to have our best athletes, like our LeBron James is like playing soccer, like our Mm -hmm. world-class athletes, if they played soccer, we would probably be like dominant. Like we'd be winning multiple World Cups.
1: Yeah, I mean, I agree with that. Uh, maybe this will inspire some of these young kids to play. You know, men and women, the boys and girls, to come and play after watching our men's United States. Next year, the women will have a go at it. Um, but yeah, I mean, the, the like like in England or in Europe, I mean, soccer slash football. They call it football there. It's their taste in music they don't have the like American football or, you know, too much basketball. So it's, it's just the culture. Like, I mean, our dominant sports are football, baseball, basketball, as you mentioned, soccer's not quite there in the United States, but I, I kind of think it's going to get there eventually. I mean, look, like, I mean, we got the professional indoor, maybe heading into its second season. That's pretty cool. You know, yeah. we got semi-pro leagues for indoor. playing that. So, um, Yeah, I love it. I mean, if I was younger, I'd be trying to attack that professional league. I still wanted to go play in in Columbus, but who knows what will happen. But I think it's going to happen. I think eventually, I think soccer will be pretty much more dominant here than it is now.
0: And it's the perfect time just to really become a fan of indoor soccer because the rapid season is going to start right after the World Cup is over. And then when 2023 happens, we get ready for the women's world cup, which I believe is going to be in New Zealand.
1: Yeah. And Australia. Yep. Oh, that's right. It. It's
0: a double, uh, host, uh, a dual country that mm-hmm. dual countries hosting.
1: Yeah. And it's, I think it's like next July, June or July.
0: Oh, yeah, that's so- awesome. Well, you, the United States are going to be a heavy favorite. I mean, they should mm-hmm. have no problem winning this world cup. Uh, you remember the last world cup, I think 2019, they beat Thailand. I, it was a ridiculous <laughs> score. It's like thirteen yeah. to nothing or something. Yeah,
1: yeah that was pretty bad. I, I was kind of feeling bad for them, but I understand. Like it's all about goal differential, you know. So they had to,
0: yeah, exactly. Scoring. Yeah, you really, it's you really good, have yeah. to. That's why England was really set up very well when they beat Iran six to two.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, or even if you look at the Costa Rica match too. I mean, they lost what seven to one.
0: You have seven yeah, nothing.
1: You have seven nothing. Yes, so, I mean, you have to do it. You know, I mean, it's all about sports. But yeah, it's going to be. I, I I know. I mean, the England, England might give the U.S. next summer, some competition. The Netherlands are good in the women. France is all right. Um, they're they're trickling downward. Actually, they used to be pretty strong, but the women's game is getting improving. I mean, Spain's getting better. So uh, we'll see. I mean, we've got some U.S. women that are. On an injury and hopefully come back. Uh, we've got, I mean, Julie Arts just had a baby, I believe. So hopefully she comes back. So we're missing some people, but uh, I can't wait for that too. I mean, it's it's only months away. It's going to come quick.
0: Oh yeah, and definitely we'll get you back on so we could talk Women's World Cup. Uh, Tanya, thank you so much for your insight about the World Cup. And it's always a pleasure when I have you on with your soccer knowledge. It's really incredible. And just keep doing what you love doing because uh, really that you love soccer and I could just tell because of your passion for the sport.
1: Yeah, I mean I can't get I can't get enough of it. It's I mean I'm Premier League, you know, that's my league. I watch those. Even the women the women's super league I watch them and NWSL. I mean I watch I love soccer. I watch it. I love sports. You know that. I mean, of course, NFL. The only thing, like I said, I just the uh, college football. I'm a little bad at that. Not too much paying attention to it. But everything else. I mean, I I love it. It's just it's awesome. Sports are smart. Sports, sports is the best. It's the best thing.
0: All right. Well, I appreciate you being on the show.
1: Oh yeah, like again, anytime. Um, I'm happy to do. You know, uh, college basketball is almost. You know, they're already. Maybe heading into conference pretty soon so it's gonna get pretty fun.
0: Can't wait. All right, that was Tony yeah. Chavez. Thank you so much everybody for listening to a- another show and stay tuned for tomorrow's episode. We're out of here.
1: You've been listening to the sports beat with Richard Holdry. We invite you to download and subscribe. You can find us on anchor.